Welcome into the holiday edition of the Indiana Basketball Source Podcast. I'm Trevor Andershock. Jeff the Shark Shanley will be joining me later. In this one, we're going to preview the holiday showcases and tournaments going on from this Friday throughout the Christmas break. We'll dissect the top players and teams in each shootout or tournament and let you know which the best games to attend will be. At this time, let's bring in Jeff. The shark shane how's it going trevor oh fantastic how are you shark we're doing great we're doing great here all right you want to start things off here shark yeah let's uh let's lead off with uh the first one we're going to talk about here which is at marion high school this coming friday a little four team showcase starts out with uh two teams that are kind of in rebuilding mode from past successes liberty christian at the 1a level out of anderson um and fort wayne north side uh, liberty christian's got another nun a freshman averaging about 16 points and eight rebounds a game that's christian nun. christian nun i believe a cousin of uh franklin is it or brother of franklin let me bust out my nun family yeah. tree here that i keep handy yeah i've got to see which branches lead to christian but he is definitely related to the nuns that had great success there in years past. Yeah, and then Northside, obviously in uh, a full rebuild after uh, after last year's sectional championship team, um, had a few transfers set out. They returned pretty much nothing from last year's team, so they're kind of in a rebuilding mode. Um, but that should be a somewhat competitive first game. Obviously a 1A versus 4A uh, school. Looks like there could be a possible upset there, if you want to call that for Liberty Christian. The second game uh, pits Bishop Dwenger against Richmond High School, which has a couple of former Fort Wayne Northside products and Coach Shabazz Kalik and uh, Lucas Croft, who transferred to Richmond from Northside. Uh, the Ball State commits averaging about 25 a game, really putting up big numbers. Um, they'll get a test from kind of a surprising Dwenger team that's 4-1 on the year right now. Uh, doing it well defensively. Your voice, Shark. Your voice. You know they got you proud. They've got some. Uh, you know they they got a little bit of late start with their football team, uh, winning a state title. But and they've oh, got to work that in, Shark. They've got a couple out. kids from that um, football team doing well for them. Jared Lee's putting up some numbers as an undersized forward. Brendan Lytle, um, their quarterback's really a defensive pest, and then Hayden Smithy. Their leading score, but they're going to have to figure out a way to contain Lucas Croft. Like I said, putting up about 25 a game. His brother Andrews, uh, just under 15 a game. So there's 40 points a night right there, and you got to try and limit those two from going off. Yeah, Dwanger's going to win. They're going to have to stop the Crofts, especially. Yeah, those two feed off each other too. Andrew will set up Lucas, and Lucas will find Andrew. So you throw in them and Jalen Hillard and Kareem Jett. You got a pretty good core of guards right there for Richmond. Um, very capable of pulling any type of upset throughout the season. And this should be a pretty competitive game there, Shark. Yeah, I think Dwanger's going to want to keep it low scoring. Richmond's obviously going to want to get out and put up points on the board. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what style kind of uh, prevails there. The third game of the day is a really intriguing matchup, at least in my eyes. We have Brownsburg against Fort Wayne Snyder. Snyder, I think. And we'll talk about this when we go into the SAC tournament a little bit later on. I think they're the class um, of the Summit Athletic Conference this year. They've got some really good players and sophomore Michael Ely, junior Dylan Duff, and then Clevis Craig uh, has joined them this year. He gives them kind of a front court anchor. Yeah, that North or that Fort Wayne Snyder team really looking good. Shark Ely and Duff are working well together. Ely more of a shooter. Duff creates a little bit off the dribble, likes to pull up from you know 15 to 18, and then now. 
believe it's Craig inside. That's a great trio, especially at high school. You only need a couple guys to dominate. They're doing exactly that so far, Shark. Yeah, and that's a team that's interesting because they don't have a senior on the roster. It's all that entire varsity roster will be back next year. Jalen Lattimore is a really talented uh, freshman, kind of a 3-4 for Snyder, too. Um, and then Brownsburg, obviously one of the better teams in the Indy area, led by Cam Alford. Big win for Brownsburg last weekend over Ben Davis. Um, kind of put them back on the right track. They've had a really tough schedule so far, pretty much being tested in every game. Took Lalamere to the wire. Um, Cam, senior Cam Alford's playing really well. I really like Malik Edmonds, a junior forward for them, kind of an inside-outside threat. And then the athleticism of Pierce Thomas obviously jumps off the page at you, Shark. Yeah, it seems like Pierce Thomas is really taking a step forward with his game this year, being a little bit more aggressive off the dribble, a um, little bit more confidence in his game than even last year. Yeah, um, I just want to see him really defend Shark. I think he could dominate games with his athleticism and length if he turned it up on the defensive end. That'll be interesting to see if he gets the matchup uh, with Michael Ely there, because that's a big-time scorer, guy who knows how to get shots off. Um, Pierce will have to be wired uh, to defend that for 32 minutes. And then the last game of the night, uh, we have a couple of uh, high-scoring guards in this one as the Valpo Vikings take on the host Marion Giants. Um, this game seems like there's going to be at least the potential for a lot of points to be put on the board. Yeah, when you have Brandon Newman against Jalen Blackman, I think uh, the over-under on that one should be about 65 for the points between those two, Shark. You know, which team's going to get the defensive stops to win it, though? Um, obviously, Valpo with Newman going to Purdue, Nate Ertz going to Bethel. They have some other key pieces around them. Who's going to step up for uh, Marion to kind of keep pace with Valpo here, Shark? Yeah, you look at uh, Dre Aguilar as a front court option for Marion. He's going to have to um, kind of work the glass, not on his own, but be a major factor on the backboards for Marion, keeping Valpo to one shot. Brandon Newman, obviously a great rebounder. Nate Ayers, like yourself, uh, like you said yourself. Um, uh, Cooper. Mar Marion's got a good freshman in Rashid uh, Jones as well, Shark. He could yeah. step up. He had a big game earlier in the year, but you know, as a freshman, kind of up and down so far. If they could get a big game from him, that would be huge for him. Yeah, Marion's a team that's kind of been uneven. They've, you know, I think they're just under, I think they're two and four right now. So obviously need a second score to go along with Jalen Blackman. He's over 30 points a game. Needs somebody else to be in that 12 to 15 range, hopefully take some pressure off of him. Uh, Valpo played a lot of 2-3 when I saw them last Friday. So that's something to look for. You know, if they go back to that zone, they're going to have to find Jalen Blackman, who's one of the best shooters, regardless of state in class. Yeah, Jalen will stretch that defense or that zone defense out. Anytime he comes across half court, he's going to be ready to shoot. So that could really change the dynamics of that zone and open up some gaps if Marion takes advantage of that or not. No shark. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think that's going to be a really interesting matchup. I think Valpo probably just has too much firepower overall um, against Marion, but that should be a really intriguing matchup uh, to watch there for that Marion event. We move on to the next day, uh, pretty much a jam-packed day down at Manuel High School. Nine games going on on Saturday, starting off at 9.30 in the morning. Uh, we have Hammond. That's an 8.30 local start for Hammond, Trevor, getting the boys up early as they take on Indianapolis Tinley. Yeah, that's going to be a tough one. Tinley kind of in that same rebuild as we talked about uh, Northside when you lose Eric Hunter to graduation, obviously now at Purdue. And then Sincere McMahon transferred over to Attics, kind of devastated, you know, the returning core of that Tinley group. Um, so they're going to 
they're they're kind of looking for their identity right now, Shark. And obviously against a Hammond team that's pretty athletic, that could be a key for Tenley season going forward. Yeah, that's a intriguing first matchup. The second game of the day, um, Andran and Howe out of Indianapolis. Exciting matchup here with the sophomore Kyle Ross from Andran against a really guard-dominated, a smaller Howe team, but a team that can really... Um, Coach Christoph Kendrick wants to then be able to pressure and force turnovers there. If they can keep the ball out of Ross's hands, it could be in favor of the Hornets. Yeah, and then Andrean has the other sophomore, Nick Fleischer, as well. He's uh, one of their main scorers. So it will really depend on, like you said, how Fleischer and the other guards for Andrean handle it. Um, if you leave Ross open from three, although he hasn't been great this year, but he's proven in the past that he'll knock down shots if you leave him open. So that will be key. And obviously, Howe knows that because Kristoff uh, coached Kyle Ross over the summer. Um, so they'll have the scout report there. But, yeah, good two-way matchup here, Shark. Definitely. Be interesting to see if Ross does venture uh, to the interior, try to use his size a little bit against um, a Howe team that really doesn't have much of that um, going on. But... Should be a fun matchup there. The third game of the day um, hits Blackhawk Christian out of Fort Wayne against the host manual side. Uh, Caleb first suffered yeah. an injury earlier this month. Looks like he might not be available for that game. Yeah, I don't think he will, Shark. So that will definitely hurt Blackhawk. I think they still have a chance behind Frankie Davidson to pull this off. But Manuel's going to be pretty tough with Jalen Johnson inside. Um, Caleb Redmond's playing well. The senior transfer from Pike. Um, so it's going to be an uphill battle for Blackhawk, but I think they have a chance at least, Shark. Yeah, and Blackhawk wants to get up and down. I think maybe even a little bit more so now that they don't have to play through Caleb first. Uh, Frankie Davidson going to UND. He's one of the better players that not many people in the state talk about. He can really shoot, very athletic. Uh, but Manuel, like you said, Jalen Johnson, kind of a mismatch in the front court, um, can do a lot of different things. So that should be a fun game. Uh, we go to the fourth matchup. Our first out-of-state team of the day here, East St. Louis comes in and faces the defending 4A champs, Warren Central. Yeah, I don't know much about this current East St. Louis team, but normally they have good athletes, guys that play football, you know, some tough kids. So obviously will be the same type of makeup, at least, of Warren Central. Yeah, East St. Louis, I believe, has, uh, I want to get this name right, I think it's Terrence Hargrove, who's committed to St. Louis, a 6'6 wing. Um, he'll have a tough matchup, though, against Warren Central. Um, playing without David Bell, who's still recovering from a late-season football injury, a high ankle sprain, but this Warren Central team, so far, looks like they're not even thinking about skipping a beat. Yeah, they're by far the best team in the state so far, Shark. And like you said, that's without David Bell. Once he comes back, it'll be even better. Uh, the way he does anything that's needed of the team to win, obviously it will be seamless to put him right in the rotation. So, yeah, this will be a uh, good measuring stick, at least, for Warren Central to see how they handle this athleticism. Yeah, especially uh, sophomore guard Malik Stanley. A lot's being asked of him ball handling-wise, getting the ball to their scores. Isaiah Moore, uh, Manuel Brown, Jesse Bingham, and Jacoby Robinson. Lots being asked of Malik. This is going to be his biggest test, I think, so far. Yeah, for sure. The next game of the day hits Fort Wayne Wayne against North Central. I know you're really high on North Central's freshman point guard, Leland Walker. Yeah, he's definitely the bright spot for a, a rebuilding program under Brian Hunt. Uh, he's in his first season taking over for the legendary Doug Mitchell. Um, Leland, just a dynamic playmaker from the point guard position. Quick as he could be, and then the handles to go with it, Shark, can break down anybody and get to the lane every time he wants to. 
Yeah, and, and that's really a North Central team that needs people to set set them up to score. You know, they lost, I believe, 10 seniors from last year. C.J. Walton and Charlie Peterson, a couple of front court options are their only returning varsity players. Um, so that's really needed out of uh, for the Panthers. And then Wayne, uh, Craig Young deciding to play basketball. Will he uh, be ready to go by this Saturday? I'm not sure yet, but that's obviously a huge addition for the Generals, the Ohio State football commit. Yeah. One of the better pure athletes in the state. Yeah, that gives you an athlete that can score, um, get rebounds, play defense. Obviously, just a huge difference maker for this Wayne team. Uh, like you said, I don't know if he'll be ready to play because it was just announced that he's going to play football or play basketball this year. So we'll have to see if he uh, is ready to go, Shark. The next game pits a couple of future Purdue Boilermaker teammates as Zionsville and Isaiah T Thompson take on Valpo and Brandon Newman. Yeah, obviously we just talked about Valpo, so we'll talk about Zionsville a little bit more here, Shark, but Isaiah Thompson for his four years at Zionsville have been playmaker and scorer, kind of the straw that stirs the drink, Shark, um, and he'll be asked to do a lot of that against Valpo's zone here. Yeah, and Zionsville really doesn't have much in terms of guard depth, so he has to really balance getting his own points along with setting up a lot of the other people uh, the rest of Valpo's teams really creating for themselves isn't a strength. Um, they have a lot of finishers, but not a lot of other playmakers. He's able to create shots. Somebody like Brandon Vernon um, starts getting hot from deep against that zone, and, and we know he's capable of, of stretching that defense out. Uh, you have a Nate Childress and Anthony Scales doing damage you know, in the mid-range, so that could be a, a pretty interesting matchup, I think. Yeah, definitely, Shark. I, would, I definitely want to see... If Valpo can really stop, you know, Childress and Vernon and even Hogan Orball or uh, Gunnar Veneta around the rim because they don't have that size to really match up with those guys. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, if Valpo does stay with that with that zone, um, how many threes Zions will get up because you know Isaiah and Brandon Vernon aren't going to be shy uh, about putting it up. Does that change the defensive strategy of Valpo at all? Yeah. The next game on the docket, uh, Pitts Clemson signee Alex Hemingway and the Castle Knights coming up and taking on Cathedral, uh, led by Armand Franklin. Yeah, this is going to be another one. I think Cathedral has a little bit more talent around Franklin, but Hemingway, along with uh, sophomore Isaiah Schwoop, it's playing really well. So they're going to have enough talent that needs to be competitive here, Shark. I don't know if they have enough to get over the hump against the Irish. Yeah, I think you just look at, at Cathedral, and their roster so balanced, you have uh, dynamic point guard play in the freshman Tayshawn Comer. Obviously, Armand Franklin, kind of a do-it-all wing, who's going to IU. You have one of the better shooters in the state, Justin Hensley, where if he's hitting shots, he's going to occupy a lot of defensive attention. I just think they have too much firepower for Castle. Like you said, Hemingway's going to get his points, but can Isaiah Swoop, uh, Bob Nungy, those guys, can they kick in enough uh, to put them within striking distance going down the stretch? Yeah, that'll be a fun one to watch, Shark. The next-to-last game of the night pits a Muncie Central team. Uh, it's kind of struggled so far this year against Ben Davis uh, with their two big guns and Jalen Windham and Dewan Jones. Yeah, we talked about a size advantage. Uh, ben Davis's Dewan Jones will definitely have a huge size advantage against Muncie Central. Um, I expect him to dominate. The only way he doesn't wreck up a ton of points here, Shark, is if he gets in foul trouble. 
Obviously, a lot of defenders will try for the old flop against him since he is so big and strong. You really have no other option but to go for a few flops per game. But most refs kind of are aware of that and watch out for it. So I expect pure domination from Dewan. Uh, Muncie Central's got a good freshman, Reggie Bass. Long, athletic wing. Um, good spot-up shooter and Dylan Stafford. And then a do-it-all glue guy and Victor Young. So, I mean, they have talent, um, just not the size and pure athleticism to match up with Dewan Jones and Jalen Wyndham. I don't think anybody has the pure size to match up with Dewan Jones. Not in high school, at least, Shark, no. So, that should be an interesting one. And then the last game of the night uh, has Hamilton Heights Christian out of Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, taking on Lawrence North here. Uh, Hamilton Heights, a couple of good 2020 players in point guard Jordan Rawls and wing Sam Rusensev. I'll take your word for it, Shark. Uh, where both of those guys are average around 18 or 19 a game uh, for them. Hamilton Heights, Christian, uh, kind of like a Lau Lumiere type team. They get kids from uh, all over the place, so obviously a very, very talented roster. Um, they'll face off against Lawrence North. That game slated to start at 9.30. That's the nightcap. Uh, Lawrence North, a team you've seen earlier this year. Your thoughts on the Wildcats? Yeah, they're really searching for a playmaker from the point guard position. Obviously, Jared Hankins off to a great start. Uh, he's going to Indiana State. And then you have Tony Perkins on the wing as well, athletic guard in the 2020 class. But they don't have that playmaker to set those guys up. Uh, Mike Saunders Jr. obviously transferred out, and then J.P. Carroll also transferred to Avon this year, so really missing that lead guard to set those guys up. Um, so they're kind of searching for that right now, but overall the talent's there. You have D.J. Hughes inside, athletic forward, uh, Vincent Brady on the outside, along with Perkins and Hankins. Shamar advances really quick off the dribble, so I mean, you have guys there, Shark, you just kind of seeing where the puzzle pieces fit together here. Yeah, and it's, you know, you're mixing veterans in um, Hankins and Perkins with some of those newcomers who are getting their first major varsity minutes, you know, with, with Vance and those guys. So getting them up to speed, the trust factor, I think, is big uh, with Ellen, you know, making plays for each other. Yeah, so it'd be fun to see if Lawrence North has enough firepower to win that game, sure. Okay. Moving on, we'll take a uh, look at the Summit Athletic Conference tournament taking place up at Fort Wayne. That starts the day after uh, day after Christmas here on the 26th. That's going to be out at Wayne High School on the south side of Fort Wayne. I think we talked about this team earlier, but like I said, I think the class of the field uh, right now is Snyder. They're certainly playing the best out of anybody in the city. Uh, but that's not to say there aren't a couple other schools that could knock them off. Yeah, we haven't talked about Northrop yet with uh, big Sidney Curry inside going to Miami of Ohio and Quaylen Pettis, uh, emerging 2020 wing. Um, they're playing real up-tempo and playing really well, actually. And Homestead with Luke Goody on the perimeter. I mean, you have some other teams here, Shark, that have the talent to beat a Snyder in any given night. Yeah, you know, Snyder the top seed. Um, Northrop has an intriguing first-round game. That's the 4-5 game against Southside. Those teams played um, this past Friday, and Northrop won by, I believe, five in kind of a low-scoring affair. Southside's got some talent. Uh, junior forward J.T. Langston, junior sophomore guard Aaron Jordan. Um, both those guys are capable of having big nights. Carroll, the second seed, has kind of been up and down, but when you have a front-court mismatch like David Aja, um, back-court player like Dan McKeeman, uh, those players can really come alive. And I think the surprise team so far is Concordia. They've um, 
beaten Carroll, beaten Dwanger, Adam Gottschall, um, leading the charge for the cadets here under first-year coach Phil Brackman. Um, they're going to have a tough, tough haul of it being the uh, eighth seed, uh, but that could be a game where they win their first-round game and get Snyder in a quarterfinal. That could be interesting to see, you know, how good Concordia really is going to be this year. One guy to watch out for with Concordia going forward, Shark, is Landon Jordan, a big uh, 2021 kid inside. You know, really fits the mold physically, big athletic kid, um, still raw offensively, but going forward, he could become become a player here, Shark. Yeah, and obviously um, we talked about Craig Young coming back uh, for Wayne. That could be interesting for them uh, going forward. Uh, another quarterfinal matchup, Dwenger and Homestead. We talked about Luke Goody for Homestead. Dwenger beat Homestead by three points earlier. Look for Homestead to want to get some revenge in that game. Uh, but again, I think... You were popping bottles up for that Dwenger win, weren't you? That was, an, that was an upset for sure. That's the 3-6 game. Homestead's the three seed. But I think, in my mind, it comes back to Snyder. Somebody's got to play close to perfect to knock them off with the firepower that they have. Yeah, I think this is definitely fits... Uh, Snyder, you know, a step or two ahead of the rest of these teams, but like we said, you know, Carroll, Homestead, Dwanger, Northrop all have a good chance of, you know, running the table here, Shark. Moving on to the first financial bank Wabash Valley Classic taking place at Terre Haute South this year, really pitting those Western Indiana teams, some small schools, some big schools, some in intriguing matchups in here. I know you're a big fan of Edgewood. The Mustangs and Trevor Taylor. Yeah, Trevor Taylor and Joe Kaida. Obviously, huge win to start off the year against Bloomington South. When you have two dynamic players like that, Taylor, good shooter. Kaido, also a good shooter. Um, obviously, they did well in this tournament last year, I believe. So they're looking to win it this year. Uh, just so, I always like it because it's the day after Christmas. Early in the morning, no break for these teams. Shark, you're just right back into the mix. 10 a.m., Shekimak against uh, Marshall from Illinois. That's always fun for me, Shark. Yeah, see who uh, maybe who went a little bit overboard eating on Christmas, maybe a little sluggish in the morning. Um, Linton Stockton, another talented team. They play the second game at 11.30. Um, and then obviously you have the big Terre Haute schools, Terre Haute North and Terre Haute South, um, kind of. Being the, the main guns in these two tournaments, they have to be considered one of the favorites going in. But I think Edgewood, with their win over Bloomington South, really made a statement earlier this year that you know they can compete with anybody. Yeah, I wonder how many years the Wabash Valley tournament goes on and the Terre Haute schools aren't the favorite. And I'd put, like you said, Edgewood, um, Linton Stockton, and then probably the Terre Haute schools in order of favorites here, Shark. Uh, Cloverdale's got a freshman. Kyle Thomas um, put up some huge numbers here to start the year, so watch out for them as well. But just a, a fun tournament for the western part of the uh, state here, Shark. Mm -hmm. Moving on here, our next look is going to be at a uh, tournament taking place at Lebanon High School here. Um, Eight-team event going on. Some talented players in this one. Um, intriguing first-round matchups here. Marquette Catholic and Perry Meridian, and then also Fishers and Gary 21st Century. Some talented uh, players in those two matchups. Um, they're on opposite sides of the bracket, uh, but talk a little bit about some of those teams. Fishers, Willie Jackson off to a fantastic start this season. Yeah, Willie's scoring a little bit more than he has in the past. Um, Four-year varsity guy, 
usually made his impact with defense and some playmaking. Um, has been great going to the basket this year. Him, um, the start of freshman. Jeff Simmons. Jeff Simmons inside. Bring Terry Hicks off the bench. So, you know, Fishers has the talent um, to win this tournament, especially with uh, Alex Salaji, Justin Long on the perimeter as well. So, Luke Hernandez, another guard, has gotten minutes for them in the past and been productive. He shot it really well in the few games I've seen this year, too. So 21st century, really going to have to take care of the ball. That's something they struggled with when I saw him against Chesterton early in the year. Um, they do have the junior Janelle Davis, athletic guard, um, D1 player, but who else around them is going to be able to compete with Fishers here, Shark? Um, then Kokomo in the opener, they have Jeremy Baker back. He just played his first game of the season last week, um, so that's a big pickup for them. The freshman Bobby Winnell is doing well for them, um, so keep an eye on them. Like you said, I think the best matchup of the first round is Marquette against Perry Meridian. He had a 2A team against a good 4A team. Um, Perry with Jaden Taylor, a dynamic sophomore that can score from anywhere. Uh, big fella Bryce Langford inside. I don't know how many minutes he's getting right now. But. Well, you talk about dynamic scores. Marquette Catholic has one in, in Colin Kenny, the Furman uh, commit. He's put up some big numbers to start this. 32 a game, I believe, Shark. To start this senior season. And then uh, uh, the best Andershock to roll through the region in the past 25 years. Uh, Joe Andershock coming in, giving some minutes in the front court there for the Blazers. But yeah, if Marquette's going to win, it's obviously going to take a huge performance from Kenny and my cousin Joe Andershock. Um, the supporting cast around them's kind of just sprinkled in this season, but they've done enough to have them on a five-game winning streak right now, Shark. Yeah, but then the uh, last match for the first round hits Greenfield Central at Lebanon. Lebanon's got uh, some talented guards there that are that are athletic against a Greenfield team that's kind of struggled here uh, this year. But I think the the winner's probably going to come from those two games we highlighted, Fisher's Gary 21st Century and Marquette Catholic and Perry Meridian. Next one we'll take a look at is one uh, we tried to get to a lot. That's the Noblesville tournament here. Um, another eight-team shootout taking place on December 27th and 28th. Uh, first game, Andrain, we talked a little bit about them and. Uh, the manual showcase preview with Kyle Ross taking on uh, Columbus North Bulldogs. Yeah, I really like the sophomore Blake Barker for Columbus North. Uh, about a six foot, maybe six one on a good day, strong guard, can hit shots from the outside. This year he's really using his strength to get into the lane too. Really good score, just overall player there, Shark. So that should be a fun matchup. Um, and that second game, Northridge against the host, Noblesville. Um, Radiger took over at uh, Northridge after being at Lafayette Jeff the past few years. So that'd be a fun matchup. I know Noblesville's kind of struggling this year. I thought they'd be a little bit better um, with Xavier Hines and Zach Johnson. Um, Alex Hancock. They took Carmel um, to the limit, though, you know, Carmel beat them by five. Noblesville wants to play. I think it's really the only way they can play is a low-scoring game, try to keep it in the 40s um, and really drag out possessions in there. I know they've tried to do that with a couple of teams this year. Yeah, so that should be a fun matchup. And then another good one, New Albany against Crown Point in the third game, Shark. I think these teams are pretty evenly matched. New Albany, although you, you lose Romeo Langford and Sean East, they still have a pretty good... Uh, Pretty good team back. Derek Stevenson, Trey Horrigan, Julian Hunter. That's a pretty good group right there, Shark. Yeah, and then you, you go over to Crown Point with veteran coach Clint Swan. Sam Snodgrass, uh, the wing up they have up there is a pretty talented kid. Uh, can get points on the board. He's a, he's a longtime varsity player for them. Um, that's going to be an intriguing matchup. And then the last opening round game, 
uh, pits the Chesterton Trojans against Lawrence Central. Uh, Jake Wadding up there at Chesterton, a kind of dynamic, undersized forward, really strong and athletic. He's going to run into a very talented Lawrence Central roster. Yeah, Chesterton will get its really first true test of the season here. Sharks will be undefeated heading into this game, but Lawrence Central might be the most talented team in the state. Uh, obviously, you have uh, Jake LaRavia going to Southern Illinois Edwardsville, DeAndre Davis going to Nebraska in the 2020 class, Nigel Pack is a point guard, He's got plenty of D1 offers, uh, Wesley Jordan, the athletic forward inside, so you have a bunch of uh, big-time players there, Shark. Yeah, and guys who have been consistent producers on the varsity level, you know, they returned a lot from last year, I think they really only lost three rotation pieces from last year obviously deandre davis going to nebraska he's had some big games i think nigel pack um, is really a key for them this year you know how is he going to balance um, scoring and distributing and then wesley jordan looks like he's fully recovered from the knee injury he had before last year. yeah this would be a really good test for the chester and guards as well tyler nelson just came back from a badly sprained ankle uh, he's committed to indiana state for baseball and then uh, travis grayson the freshman point guard for Chesterton. It'll be his first real test against a big-time point guard. Okay. So that's a good lineup there at Noblesville. Moving on to the Bob Wedding tournament out at Richmond. Um, there's some talented, uh, really talented teams out there this year. Maybe not the depth you've usually seen at the Wedding, but um, you have teams like Bloomington South, Zionsville, Greensburg, Cathedral, um, all very talented teams out there. Um, first matchup, Seton Catholic and Lighthouse East. Uh, Bloomington South plays in the second game. Uh, Noah Jager had a big game the other night, 22 points, 6 assists, yeah. kind of stepping up and helping Anthony Leal in the playmaking department. Yeah, he's been really good so far this season, especially scoring. I think he, that's kind of surprised me how much he scored um, to start the year. I know Connor Hickman just uh, pulled his hamstring against Floyd Central. Um, I would assume he'll be back for this one. Maybe not, but um, he sat out against Bloomfield. I know that, Shark. Yeah. Uh, you have Connorsville led by Noah Belt. Um, they lose Garrett Silcock, but obviously Kerry Brown out there does a great job. They're taking on South Bend Adams. I like this Adams team too, Shark. A lot of toughness. No size whatsoever, but uh, just kind of tough kids that will get after it. Uh, the fourth game, Zionsville taking on Indianapolis Homeschool. And I know they have a, a player you really like, uh, 6'3 uh, forward in Miles Johnson. Yeah, really good athlete. Um, Controls the board, finishes well around the rim, and then will step out for a spot up three as well. So that'll be a guy that Zionsville will have to watch. But overall, Zionsville should have too much talent for Indianapolis home school here, sure. But yeah, and then the next game, the fifth game of the opening day, Greensburg against Franklin. Greensburg just shooting the heck out of the ball so far, Shark. I know Lane Sparks was shooting 86% from the field through their first five games. Andrew Wellage, Drew Comer were right in that same range. Uh, will any team be able to slow down that trio? You know, that's that's really a you look at um, you look at just the, the ability to put points on the board in a hurry, and that's a team where if they get hot, they kind of feed off each other. It seems, and if you can't slow down one of them it's likely the other two are going to going to get going um so that's a team that's going to score a lot um cathedral in the next matchup plays northwest homeschool well, Shark. northwest homeschool and ryan siegel the 610 fair state commit siegel is a kid who can you know step out and shoot a little bit 
uh, some size on the block, um, but that might be a struggle for them to match up against. Um, gives Cathedral a big body to match up to. You know, Ross Welsh, who's been out for a little while with a concussion, not sure if he's going to be back playing. Um, Isaac Farah Jr. really seeing his first extended varsity minutes in the post. Um, that'll be a good matchup for them. I think Cathedral obviously just has too much talent, um, too much talent for Northwest Homeschool. Really have to control Siegel, you control that team. Yeah, move on to the next matchup. Lighthouse South takes on Richmond. We talked about Richmond earlier with the Croft brothers. Um, obviously, those two are what make the Red Devils go. Yeah, and then in the nightcap of the opening day, Portage against Tinley. Um, Morian Martin for Portage has been a uh, steady player for the last couple of years for them. Uh, he's obviously the player to watch for Portage. Um, overall, I think this is a pretty good tournament. Bloomington South has a good chance of winning it. Zionsville, Greensburg, Cathedral, obviously. Um, I would probably put Cathedral as the uh, favorites to win this one, Shark. Yeah, Cathedral, I think, is the favorites. You look at uh, Bloomington South and Zionsville on that side of the bracket as two teams that can come out of there. Um, but interesting if it lines up Greensburg-Cathedral matchup uh, in a second-round game. I think that could potentially... Uh, be an interesting game uh, to go for there. But yeah, like you said, I think Cathedral has to be looked at as uh, the top favorite with Zionsville, Bloomington, South, and Greensburg after that. All right, who we got next here, Shark? We are moving on to the Scott Bostick Memorial Tournament taking place at Covenant Christian on December 28th. Uh, some small schools in this one, but some talented small schools at that. Yeah, I'm kind of interested to see who wins between Trader Point and Covenant Christian in that first game. Um, I, Covenant Christian surprised me about their margin of victory over some of these schools. They just destroyed North Putnam earlier in the year, um, playing well. And uh, obviously, Trader's Point's got some talent. So that first game is going to be a, a kind of a toss-up for me, Shark. Yeah, both those um, schools. This is Trader's Point's first year in the IHSAA. Uh, excuse me. So they're going to want to get going forward, heading into sectional play for the first time. Then you have a a talented Tipton team um, that's run out to a really good record to start this year against not great but not awful competition led by uh, the senior who seems like he's been there for about 10 years, Carson Dozell at the point guard spot. Yeah, they have. Uh, but, yeah, this, this tournament should give Tipton, you know, a few more tests, at least uh, in the championship game. I would assume they beat with the Bethesda in the uh, opening round and then play either Trader Point or Covenant Christian. Uh, Obviously, Tipton beat Frankton and lost to Westfield for their only blemish so far. So, uh, really, just a small tournament, but one that has some intriguing matchups, Shark. We're going to move ahead to a two-day showcase taking place at North Central High School on December 28th and December 29th. First game of the first day for Buff Jesuit North Central. The second game that day uh, should be a really good one between Evansville Bossy and Crispus Attics. Yeah, I think Attics has put itself in the top of the 3A rankings uh, right there with Silver Creek, Marion, Mishawaka Marion, that is. Colbert. Culver Academy. Um, but, yeah, and then Bossy um, had a few slip-ups so far this year, but obviously a talented team. Um, I know, what was it, Colton Stanford Stanford got hurt against Washington, right? He's out for a little bit. Um, I would assume He'll play this game, but if not, that would swing it into Attic's favor. Huge. Kyron Powell is a game changer inside. That would take away a lot of what Attic likes to do, get to the rim and uh, kind of just slash into the basket. So should be a good 3A matchup uh, right there, Shark. Yeah, and then you look at the, the second day. Evans Obasi turns around at 2 o'clock and faces North Central. Uh, will Bossy be able to contain the 
fantastic freshman Leland Walker. Yeah, and if Sanford's out, that will probably give more playing time to the freshman for Bossy, Julian Norris, and that would be a good matchup between Norris and uh, Walker. Norris a little bit bigger height-wise than Walker, but Walker is such a dynamic athlete. Um, should be a fun game to watch. And the final game of that North Central uh, shootout, Gary Westside against Burbuff Sharp. Yeah, Gary Westside, one of the best freshmen in the state. Jalen Washington, also uh, Kamari Peterson, a talented guard for them, facing off against the veteran Burbuff squad, Spencer Rice, uh, Simon Banks here. So good couple of days of basketball at North Central High School uh, towards the end of the month. We move on to a four-team event taking place at Lawrence North High School. A uh, couple really interesting games here. First off, um, this first matchup I know you're really intrigued about with Indy Met against Crispus Attucks. Yeah, should be a good one. Uh, Met playing really well this year. They beat Park Tudor, beat Cardinal Ritter. Kind of a senior-laden team. Noah Jordan, good athlete, forward, um, really long-arm kid, playing well uh, for Met. And then they have actually two transfers from Attucks, Warren Williams and Wesley Williams, the brothers, playing at a high level for Met. So kind of a, a revenge game for those guys. Uh, get back at uh, their former teammates. Should be plenty of intensity and a, a high-level matchup here, Shark. Yeah, you talked about Noah Jordan to start off. He's really just a dynamic front court player, runs very well, long, athletic, can do a little bit of everything on the offensive and Jaquan Edwards, uh, that should be a good matchup between him and Noah Jordan uh, from Indy Met here uh, on the, I don't want to say interior because neither of them are traditional post players, but that's a good front court matchup uh, between those two. All right. um, Short Ridge plays it against LN in another semifinal game. I assume that to be a Lawrence North route. And then uh, one of these two teams between Matt and Axe is going to get a shot. Lawrence North uh, with the possibility to pull an upset if LN's not careful. Yeah, you know. It's always interesting when a smaller school, especially like an Addicts in 3A or Met in 1A, has a chance to go up against a, a big-time program like Lawrence North. There's always a little bit extra on the line uh, for them. Moving on there, Shark. And the last term we're going to take a look at is the Raymond James Hall of Fame Classic, one of the uh, premier events in the state at Newcastle. Uh, taking place on December 29th. Uh, the first game pits one of the best small school teams in the state. Uh, Westview, a 2A school against Center Grove, um, a really talented 4A team. Then the second game, Warren Central against Valpo. Let's talk a little bit about this first matchup. Uh, Westview and Center Grove are kind of similar if you take out Trace Jackson Davis. Unfortunately for Westview, uh, it's not going to be an option for them. Yeah, slowing down Trace is definitely going to be a handful, but when you have guards like uh, Elijah Hales and Charlie Yoder, I think you have a chance, um, especially when you can kind of move the ball as well as they do and look for the open shot, kind of ball control. Um, and then if they could force some turnovers against Center Grove on the defense end, um, you would at least give them a chance in this game. A couple of weeks ago before Center Grove got blown out by Pike, I would say there was about a 0% chance of uh, Westview winning this one. But now I give, uh, give them a little bit of a chance here, Shark. Yeah, Nick Renbarger, 6'5", senior forward for Westview, uh, returning star from last year, has also been playing well for them. They're really, I think, going to have to, I don't know if they should speed up the game or slow it down because it seems like they could force some turnovers from Center Grove's guards, but do they really want to get in a high-possession game uh, and give Trace that many more touches? Well, you can't let them get the ball to Trace in the first place, so you're going to have to pressure their guards at least, and that's something that obviously Center Grove 
has shown as a weakness here the last few years. So I would think uh, Hales and Yoder and the rest of those Westview guards will at least try to pressure up, take away some of the passing vision to get it to or to not allow Center Grove to get it to trace and kind of go from there, Shark. And you know they can definitely hold on to the ball the way they pass it on the offense end. Yeah, it's it's one of the more um, interesting offenses to watch. It's equal opportunity, like you said, led by uh, Hales and Yoder. In the second game, Warren Central and Valpo, this was a matchup uh, that I was hoping really looking forward to see at the start of the year um, before David Bell got hurt, really seeing one of the best offensive players in the state, Brandon Newman, going against probably the best defensive player in the state, David Bell. Looks like we won't have that matchup, but still should be a really good game between these two teams. Yeah, talk about guards handling pressure. Valpo will have to uh, meet that challenge in a big way to stay competitive here, Shark. They... They haven't seen a team like Warren Central get out. Not many them. teams have seen teams like Warren Central. Yeah, unless you're playing the prep schedule where you're playing all the, the big-time prep schools. You're not going to see that. But definitely a major, major challenge here for Valpo. It will be a good measuring stick for them to see where they're at in the, the state landscape here. Yeah, Valpo is really uh, challenging their schedule. You know, They're going to the Marion event we talked about, going to Manual. And then here at the Hall of Fame. Um, so, yeah, four really high-quality teams here. Um, will be interesting to see um, a potential Warren Central and Center Grove matchup. I think that's the one area that Warren Central really doesn't have an answer for is a dynamic post player. They were able to um, take out Ben Davis early in the year by really pressuring their guards. They're definitely going to do the same if that Warren Center Grove matchup comes to fruition. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how Center Grove uh, responds to that pressure. Obviously, they didn't do a very good job of it against Pike. It led to a 40-point blowout. So, will they show improvement and get back on the right track here, Shark? Man, just moving better Making if they played like at home. Bowman Academy or something. All right, Shark. Uh, all right, yeah, that wraps things up for the pre-New Year's uh, tournaments and showcases there, Shark. Should be a good one. What's the, uh, the biggest thing you're looking forward to over this stretch? I think just... You know, there's a lot of days where there's some really quality matchups, particularly, you know, as we go into later uh, rounds of these tournaments, just seeing the out-of-region matchups. You know, teams from Central Indiana playing teams from Fort Wayne, the region, Evansville area, uh, matchups you don't normally get to see in the regular season, seeing how these teams that maybe haven't been tested so far this year get their first taste of real competition to see where exactly they step up at. Yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to, Shark. Seeing Valpo and Chesterton, two seven zero teams right now, finally uh, play some big-time 4A top competition and see exactly where they're at here, Shark. Yeah, I think same for the Fort Wayne area. Snyder with their game against Brownsburg on Friday. That's going to be their biggest test so far this year. They have a win over East Noble uh, to start the year, but Brownsburg's going to be a, a real tough test for them to see just how good that Snyder team is. Um, and then you look at a team like Westview going up against Center Grove. You know, Are they able to handle that uh, at the Hall of Fame tournament, or are they going to fall victim uh, to Trace Jackson Davis and crew? Yeah. We have uh, Westview as the number one team in 2A. Obviously, that could be solidified with good play uh, against these big-time schools or might show some weaknesses as well. So let's go from there, Shark. Um, one team we haven't talked about um, is Plainfield Shark. Um, they're 7-0 and on the season. Very surprising. They play Terre Haute North uh, Thursday night, and they could be uh, undefeated going into Christmas. That was not expected. No, you lose... Uh... 
Gavin Bazot, the Indiana All-Star, heading out to Duquesne. Um, that's a big loss for them, obviously, in the front court. But um, they've been able to to manage. I know their schedule hasn't been murderers row exactly, but seven and zero is seven and zero. They've played and beaten everybody who they faced so far this year. So you have to give them respect for that. Yeah, and winning games by eighteen and a half points um, per contest. So doing it in a pretty convincing fashion. So um, we'll see where they're at kind of later in the year when they, they face Decatur Central, Lebanon, Brownsburg, and Terre Haute South. Like stretch will tell us uh, exactly where they fit. But, uh, yeah, it should be a fun time here for the next couple of weeks, Shark. We'll be out covering a lot of these games here this winter, so keep tuned uh, to – our Twitter account at INBBallSource and www.INBasketballSource.com uh, for all our recaps and coverage from all these great events. All right. Thanks for joining me once again, Shark. Always a pleasure, sir. All right. We'll see you.